Geeks. Geeks. Hello. Uh, hello and welcome back to Geeks, the world's number one entertainment podcast recorded in this room. I am your host, Al White, and joining me for a little campsite chat. Campsite? Campfire? <laughs> Words are difficult. Thomas McCann. Hi. How you doing? I'm all right. How you doing? Yeah, not too bad. I'm just trying to remind myself what these uh, Fright Fest movies were that we saw, like, what, three weeks, two, three weeks ago? Yeah, I was like, yeah, two and a half weeks ago. I can't remember what happened yesterday. It is difficult to be certain, which is the only reason I podcast, because then I have proof that I existed. (laughs) Hello. If you're new to us, welcome. Please patch on out to wearegeeks.com. We are geeks.com where you can listen to all of our previous shows. We mostly do horror shows. We go up every single Friday right now. We're just about to kick off a brand new series with Shannon and Katie where we're talking through the entirety of the 1980s going through lots of slasher films. That's one of the reasons Tom's here. He just happened to come over to watch some of these fucking great, terrible some movies. 80s video nasties. Hell yeah. Yeah. I've still got, I've got quite a big gap in my uh, horror movie watching for the 80s video nasties. You've seen these two though, haven't you? I don't think so, no. Really? No, I don't. Oh, maybe man. Prowler at one, like we were talking a long time ago, like on late night TV and I don't remember. Because you and I mostly did the 90 slashes. Yeah. We yeah, did yeah. like every fucking 90 slasher that came and out. And then that was when they were remaking them all in the noughties, wasn't it? Yeah. The mid, uh, yeah. 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 And in the noughties. We, we were watching fucking, oh God, what were they called? Those like The Ripper. The <laughs> I like to remember. Was there, was there, yeah. Was there not like three of those? Three or four of those ones? I like those. Maybe. Yeah, we're actually going to be covering those at some point because me, Alex and Christina did 90 slashes and I was like, well, we need to tidy up now with all of these ones. Yeah. I think awesome. it was, I remember that was like back when Frit Filt came out, wasn't it? And it was like, oh kind of yeah. Got back into good slasher movies again. It's like, let's try and find other ones and fail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, just wasting our early 20s. Yeah. Cold Prey's fucking great. I love that mm. film. I keep hoping they'll do a fourth one at some point. I really do. Because the third one wasn't that great, but one or two, Ooh. really good. Yeah, but wasn't it they continued the story? So yeah, well, one or two is like Halloween one and two, pretty much the same yeah. night, basically. So I kind of like them to do the same thing, but then you just get into kind of, you know, mystical, reincarnated kind of silliness. Zombiness. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so every now and then we go back to our regular show, which is this, which is no longer a regular show. Now it's the abnormal stepchild of the other show. And we just talk about whatever we want to talk about. Today, you and I hadn't really had a chance to meet since Fright Fest, and we just thought we'd talk about some of the films that showed at Halloween Fright Fest in London. So to clear up for people who are listening who don't know, Fright Fest is a big genre festival. Happens in London every year in August for about five days now, is it? Somewhere uh, from yeah. Some of that? Yeah, sure. You and I have been going on and off, but for the majority of the every year for nearly like 15 years or mm-hmm. something ridiculous. We've missed like a few recently due to personal lives, <laughs> shall we say. And we missed this year, but then we all happened to be in London and we're like, you know what? Let's do the Halloween one. So they do Glasgow in March. They do Halloween around Halloween time. So on November the 2nd, we got together with some of our old crew. Russell and Anna were there. Katie came. We had some new friends there as well. Joe and Kayla. Who else came? Bruno came for a bit. Avna came for some. She came for a lot actually. Do you know what? I didn't actually see any of the like. Do you remember? Because we'd go every summer and we'd see the same people, mm. especially in the front, front, front couple of rows. Like, yeah, and you started to recognize them, and I didn't see any of those guys. That's true. Maybe they're all dead, or maybe they just come to the core. Fright yeah, Fest. Maybe. yeah, true. Maybe on Halloween they got better things to do. Probably, yeah, they've got yeah, more um, exciting horror-based shenanigans. It was uh, so for starters, Fright Fest was run by Paul, Ian, and Alan and Greg. And Greg. The vibe this year, I have to say, and I am, we haven't been to a Halloween one before, 
the vibe certainly wasn't quite like the normal Friday Fest things. You don't quite get that level of people cheering and shouting at the screen, mm-hmm. which I found disappointing. Mm-hmm. I was hoping like when the first film kicked off and people weren't sort of laughing with it or at it, depending on how you feel about the first one. We'll get to it in a minute. Mm-hmm. I was immediately like, oh. Yeah. And it was weird because it seemed to be fairly well attended, you know, like, I, I, yeah, I kind of assumed, especially because it was a Saturday, like I thought there would be a bit more of a raucous fuck it all day atmosphere like we're all here like let's crack Halloween. open some tins at sort of 11 a.m and just like get on it you know and have a real kind of raucous rowdy kind of halloween party time yeah i really never got to that at all didn't happen apart from in my seat <laughs> yeah no we were laughing quite a lot <laughs> and sometimes i felt bad because sometimes i'm like obviously this is bad <laughs> but other people in the cinema weren't laughing yeah because that is a positive i find at fright fest like you can see really bad films but still enjoy them which hopefully the creators can at least appreciate like you know we're still enjoying the movie because in a collective experience it can still be fun mm. but that wasn't happening as much that said it was still like you know it was fine but then also I mean you know it was a massive screen I guess you know I don't know maybe yeah it just didn't travel as well or but no I think well, it's one of those first 15 minutes a key if some people start laughing those first 15 minutes or applauding or whatever yeah. then everyone knows it's okay True. Um, it did get a little bit better later on. I feel as the sort of as it got later and some drinks have maybe been consumed. Yeah, yeah, I guess. But I haven't been to, have not been to the Halloween bef- one before. I kind of was expecting it to be a little bit more rowdy. Yeah, but you know, but then it was after Halloween, so maybe people kind of people got fucking Halloween out of their system, over. and there's a Halloween hangover. Yeah, exactly. People were just thinking about Christmas too much. And yeah, which is you know, all, fuck, man, all the lights just went up now around <laughs> London. Yep. That's crazy. Yeah, that is truly scary. So we got six films here. We're going to talk about them as honestly as we can. <laughs> so the festival started off, kicked off opening film, Candy Corn. At the moment, it's getting a 3.8 out of 10 on the IMDb. Wow, it's generous. <laughs> he's given us. He's given us that. I mean, 3.8 out of 10. I mean, like that means that means somebody's given it at least a four. That's true. Or Unless five. everyone's just given it 3.8 exactly. <laughs> there are 401 votes here. They're all <laughs> Actually, let me have a little look. Let me see what the highest vote is. Can we, can we see what... Can 71 we votes have given it 10 out of 10. Right. Wow. I can say from experience that 71 crew members creating <laughs> different logins. <laughs> 11 votes are given it 9 out of 10. 66 votes are given it 1 out of 10. Well, I mean, you might be able to tell from our time we weren't the biggest fans of this movie. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so to be clear, this is 100% a very knowing Halloween ripoff with fonts, with style, with the way it's trying to be shot, with the tone of it all. You've got PJ Souls. She's back in here from Halloween. Tony Todd is in here, although what the fuck he's doing here, I don't know because they give him absolutely nothing to do. He like speaks once, basically, in the entire film. I'll be completely honest. I thought this was a terrible movie. Well, and, and also, right, now, I, the director, Josh, I'm going to say hasty. could be hasty. I'm going to say hasty. Writer, director, editor, he scored it as well. Now, I, so I don't know whether he is like intentionally nudging and winking towards Halloween in an ironic way or whether he's like so convinced that this is his... You know, Halloween. It's it's called, that's not called candy corn. It's called John Histie's candy corn. Mm -hmm. I'd like to think it's all kind of done in an ironic way because it is so, like, like you say, the font at the beginning, just the music, everything was just pure Halloween ripoff. Yeah. Or homage, depending on how you want to, you know, if you want to be nice about it or not. But um, I don't particularly. 
I only like this is a problem though is not to be a bit a dick about things but I have one film out and it's called AT White Starfish Survive. So I like I'm aware other people and you have your podcast you talk shit about me that's absolutely fine this was a really bad movie like in my opinion I enjoyed absolutely nothing about this movie not how it shot I did I enjoyed the bald policeman whose oh, name yeah. was Fox he was good I liked him the one he- who's in a panic yeah, he always looked really sad and he was really <laughs> sort of genuinely gutted about these deaths that were happening. You know, he looked like he wasn't really equipped for a world so cruel. He wasn't equipped to leave his house. Mm. So he he tugged at the heartstrings a little bit. I enjoyed him. And this started a reoccurring theme throughout the day of, of unprepared police officers and their sidekick, like scaredy, yeah, like deputies. Yeah, I mean, they, 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 I think if you're going to watch this movie, I think by the, the opening scene... Ish, that scene where they're talking in the cafe oh, at the very Jesus. beginning, that was like, okay, just that immediately. sets the tone. Like, okay, that I know what this is going. Like, know, I even turned to you, and I was at. like, this is going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a laugh. It's not, honestly, sorry, it's coming back to me now. That was my presiding thing was coming out and going, it was as if everyone did a take and then the director said, yeah, do it again. But at about 50% slower. <laughs> Everything was just slowed down so much. Like, hey, man, what are you talking about? Let's go do this prank later on tonight. <laughs> it was just so fucking weird. I was like, let's shoot in this room. Uh, where should we shoot it? See that big white space on the wall there where there's nothing on the wall? Just white paint. Yeah, let's just stand in front of that. That'll do. You sure you want anything more going on? No, 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 no. It's fine. Let's just do the white wall. It'll make you look it's nice and kind of Kubrick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. We should probably read the synopsis of each one before we go on. I should know this first, so we'll do it for the rest. It's Halloween weekend. A group of bullies are planning the annual hazing on local outcast Jacob Atkins when they take things too far. He's resurrected to seek revenge against those that wronged him. It could just be fun. It's not. Obviously, Atkins is a little nod as well. Really fucking bad. And I'm going to say right now, because we'll place these all in order, I guess, at the end probably, but this was my least favorite of, of the day. And I couldn't really believe they kicked off with it, but also it's 11 in the morning. Like, I fine. mean, get it out of the way. Yeah, like everybody's <laughs> going in with like, you know, it's Fright Fest. It's what, like, let's go. We've got all day. We're excited. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> well, you, you know, at least it's over. Pissed all over my excitement. You know, do what? I, I, I had a good time. I laughed. So I'm glad yeah. you were sated. Fair play, John Histy. Next up was We Summon the Darkness. This is directed by Mark Myers. I think that's how you say it, or Myers, I'm not sure. This is actually a guy who directed My Friend Dharma, which a lot of people uh, really enjoyed. I haven't actually been able to see it yet. And we know some people who know him who are saying like how, yeah, he's come from more of a drama background and now he's really enjoying getting into genre and he wants to kind of talk about the topics he wants to talk about that he would have thought to do for drama. Now he wants to do them through the genre kind of lens. Who the director said this? Yeah. Oh, cool. And this is starring Alexandra Daddario, who people will know from things uh, such as... What the fuck is she from? She's one of those people you know, isn't she? She was in the Baywatch remake, yeah. and she was in the San Andreas with The Rock. Oh, I know from the Texas Chainsaw 3D mm. film. And Percy Jackson, which mm. is in those films. Johnny Knoxville's in here, but fuck me, I didn't even notice yeah, it was him. I knew it was him. <sighs> How could you not? Well, I spent so much time watching Jackass back in the day. So much like If there's over one thing that I felt this day at Fright Fest was for it was to make me feel old. If you saw <laughs> yeah. characters come back or actors come back and you're like, fuck me. <laughs> it was really bad. Yeah, we summon the darkness of your impending mortality by looking into the rubbery aged face of Johnny Knoxville. <laughs> That's what I felt. Yeah. This film, okay, so there's no synopsis up right now or even a poster on IMDb. It gets a 5.8 though out of 10 from 33 reviews. Much bigger budget. 
there's clearly skill on board. I was very happy as this kicked off, particularly coming off the candy corn. It's a huge step up. Yeah, and this is a fun, I don't really want to say too much about it. It's about a bunch of girls who go into a metal concert mm-hmm. and then they meet some other guys and then some stuff happens. I yeah. don't really want to get into it. Yeah, this was my favorite movie of the day, I think. Yeah. I mean, as a as a somewhat fan of the heavy metal myself, uh, You're aware of it. I enjoyed that aesthetic. And it's set in the 80s and there's a scene where the characters have an in-depth discussion about various members and ex-members of Metallica and Megadeth and upcoming Metallica releases, which, you know, that one scene was probably enough to make me think this is my favorite film of the day anyway. But I did, I kind of, I really liked all that. The first sort of half an hour, it's your standard kind of long build-up setup for the horror film. But I, and I, we always used to say this, like, if you can get that part right, if you enjoy that first half hour before shit gets fucked, then you're on to a good film. I, and I really enjoyed that first kind of half hour. So I liked the characters. I liked the sort of stuff they were talking about. I liked the whole aesthetic of the rock stuff. Yeah, so I, I, I really enjoyed it. And then when shit gets weird, I thought it kept the pace up really nicely. I thought that there was a sort of good underlying comedy to it all. But it did get pretty nasty and bloody and gory at times. And yeah, I thought it struck a really good balance. And I had a thoroughly good time. I think everyone in our group I think we're all in pretty much the same places. Like everyone enjoyed it. It was just to different degrees, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause I'm the same as you. I didn't quite like the characters as much as you, but I liked them enough, which was, yeah, the important thing, like to be on board. And I liked the kind of things, yeah, the way the story went. I enjoyed it. It was just bloody enough in places. It was just funny enough in places. It never got too annoying. It never like blew me away. It was one of those things where yeah. I was aware, like my expectations were very low coming out of CandyCon, <laughs> that it felt like a fucking masterpiece yeah. going into. I mean, I, I would say this feels like a fright fest, a solid fright fest movie. And if I had to watch it by myself I, on a random, say Tuesday evening, I'd be like, yeah, whatever. But yeah. like in the context of fright fest with friends and sitting down watching it an all day of horror, it yeah, it's exactly that. It's just a good fun hour and a half. Silly, funny, gory movie. Yeah. <laughs> no, I trailed off there. Trying to think. No, no, I agree. I it's, also really dig movies that are set in the 80s satanic panic era of the US. I'm a yeah. sucker for those. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's no The Babysitter. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, <laughs> it's no The Babysitter. No, but I think that's my thing. Exactly Very what you're few saying. movies are The Babysitter. Uh, yeah, they, we, they, don't, they don't make films like that enough. Much people might think we're being facetious. <laughs> because <laughs> i think we stand on that uh, we only found out on this day of fright fest that that we both loved the baby yeah. setter, which was great all hill mcg fuck i can't believe i love a mcg <laughs> it feels so weird yeah it's just hard isn't it this film because there's, there's nothing remarkable about it i hope this director can keep doing films like this in terms of just fun you know fun movies but i but yeah for it to really become something special i don't know i'm not sure we can see I, I, w- I would like to go back and see his Dharma film now to see like how he handled that. I, I Presumably not as funny. I don't know anything about my friend Dahmer. Is that as in Jeffrey Dahmer, the serial Yeah. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, it's going to be a really good character study. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. So what happened after we summoned the darkness? Got to get my little list up. We Uncanny had Annie? Uncanny fucking Annie. <laughs> that's the start and the end of the review of uh, uncanny annie by al well so this is from into the dark which i didn't know about into the dark that's apparently a hulu series of movies done through blumhouse i would recommend if you want to know about uncanny annie just go to imdb look at the poster because fuck me i would Um, recommend if you want to know about uncanny annie to go and watch jumanji (laughs) 
<laughs> the original one. Well, this was, yeah, so this was pitched as Jumanji as a horror, which has been done a few times before, never on the big screen. I guess this one had a bit more money maybe, but still mm. not much because it's Blumhouse. The director was there. He seemed nice enough. And uh, he was kind of honestly just saying this was kind of a paycheck and he was brought on <laughs> two weeks before or whatever. And you just do what you can with what's there. I mean, he was kind of proud of what he did. And I would be too, mm-hmm. because that's a very stressful way to make a movie for sure. It gets a 5.4 out of 10 at the moment on IMDb. It's like 408. That's pretty good for IMDb. I mean, if you hit anything close to a 6, you're doing all right. Tell me about it. That's what I tell myself every day. Mm -hmm. Some of our group like this one quite a lot. I like this film. Some of our group liked it more than we summed the darkness. Well, no. Well, no. No, no, of course not. That's, I mean, yeah. But the basic setup is there are a bunch of teenagers, well, maybe 20, I don't know, whatever, in that bracket. They're reuniting and because they had a friend who died and they're getting together. There's some, you know, back history between who was dating who and all that shit. And then their friend who died used to like board games. So they get out a board game to play. This board game just appeared that's called Uncanny Annie. And they proceed to read the rules, but not listen to any of the rules because then they spend the rest of the film just disobeying all the fucking rules in this game. And to be honest, I didn't hate it. I thought it was totally fine for the most part. I think the dynamic between the kids was actually totally fine. Again, mm-hmm. it's just sort of disposable. Yeah, sure. I'm just seeing it late at night. Like, oh, it's totally fine. Again, fine in a Fright Fest audience as well. My problem with it was purely really Annie and any of the specter <laughs> things that happened. Whenever something spooky happened, this director, Paul Davis, he didn't know how to build any tension. So there was no like lead into anything at all. And I don't want to spoil it too much, but they repeat. There should be like a little pick and mix of fun, different things. There's only two things and they repeat them again and again. And they well, all they repeat them once each. Okay. Well, I, well, that tells you how little happens in this film. And then Annie on top of that. So there are three things, I guess. And they all look equally stupid in different ways. And Annie in particular, when you get to the ending and she, she's just terrible. Like I really hated Annie. And I promise they show you her in the very first scene. So immediately like the first scene kicks in and I genuinely turned to Katie and I was like, I'm out already i'm just i've checked out of harsh, this movie harsh harsh um <laughs> uh, well no no i mean I, I kind of agree with the, the character of like the, the actress playing at the whole makeup the whole getup was a bit hokey uh a bit. but it was very hokey <laughs> she could have been scary and sinister and nasty but it's kind of this annoying little kid they do all that fucking like post-japanese sort of cracking yeah. limbs yeah. and just but not even well um, yeah, but I mean, I, I kind of enjoyed this. I thought the cast were really good for the sort of level of budget you think you're, go, you're going into. I thought they had a really good cast who did did as much as you could with the material, really. I mean, it's not amazing. I didn't think it was terrible. It was fun. Like, I have no problem with the Jumanji sort of thing. One of the guys in the Q&A afterwards stood up and said, you know, did you, are, you gonna get, are you worried you're going to get sued by Jumanji? <laughs> I don't really have a problem with any of that. I just thought it was a kind of worse version of what I was talking about with We Summon the Darkness. It's a fun, silly Halloween movie. is isn't great, but you've yeah, certainly seen an awful lot worse. And I was entertained throughout. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I don't disagree with anything you're saying. I think our barometers are just a little bit different. It's like, yeah, I didn't enjoy with some of the darkness quite as much, so I enjoyed this less. Yeah. And it was totally fine, again, in the context of private. If I was watching this one at home, I wouldn't have got through it. Yeah. And there's absolutely no way. But yeah, there's much worse out there. Next up was Swallow. This mm. is kind of like the sandwich meat of the festival, I guess. Have you spoken about this film on this podcast yet? I don't think I have because well, I saw this. I'll let you take it away. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I know you've got a lot to say, basically. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. I'm just trying to recollect all my thoughts. So I'm prepared for this podcast. You just turned up and we're like, you know what? Let's do a podcast. <laughs> it gets uh, 69 on IMDb right now. Nice. 
for a film called Swallowing as well. <laughs> uh, don't get excited though. It's not, that's not what the swallow this film is talking about. So this is, I don't. So you turned to me right, right before it started. It was like, it's not that kind of swallow. It's not that kind of swallow, buddy. So I almost got up and walked out. <laughs> Just your expectations. Yeah. I'd had a few beers at this point. Like, right, that's it. Right. Well, the fun thing about this, and, and I don't like to use the words like proper movie of the of the day, but this was, you know, like this is the film that's not just there to entertain. This is the film that's there to make you think about stuff and go away and contemplate. Can we say things. at the beginning, no, it's not a horror film and it probably shouldn't have been at a hell. No, like I've got no problem with it being at Fright Fest. Right. But I suppose I can. I'm sympathetic to the people who might complain that this had no real place being, at, I guess, the Halloween Fright Fest. If you think about the Halloween one as one day of horror movies then this i you know it's not really well okay let's just call so there was some controversy on the day because so paul mcavoy is the one who had picked this film it's his favorite film of the year i believe at least his favorite genre film of the year and yeah when it was screened a lot of people loved it a lot of people were in the middle on it and some people small amount of people really hated it and took to twitter to then talk about it and then he had to kind of address it in the next screening of people who were complaining that we'd screened not a horror movie you know it upset him because he was like look we're not just a horror festival we're a genre festival we're called the heart of darkness and this was a, fi- a film that dealt with dark themes and all this stuff i don't disagree with him there were people like you and people who loved it more than you who still thought yeah maybe that wasn't the day to show it was kind of i think the largest sort of thing mm. but also it's like like, well, who gives a fuck? You move on to the next movie, you know, in an hour later. For me, there was a good palate cleanser because if nothing else, like every other movie that day was very similar in terms of most of them were very Halloween-y, which obviously was suitable. And they were all just there to have silly fun, pretty much. This is definitely not there to have silly fun. This has quite high intentions. And I had seen it before. I saw it at Sitges and I was interested to see it again with you guys. The director, Carlo Mirabella Davis, he was meant to turn up. Sadly, some family business meant he, he had to stay in New York, so he couldn't come, which I would have been, but he very kindly did a video intro and then he phoned in and he held a mic up to the to Paul's phone <laughs> or someone's phone, which worked alarmingly okay, considering. Mm. But yeah, so this movie, I'm just going to read the uh, synopsis on IMDb because I'm intrigued, actually. I haven't read it before. Hunter, a newly pregnant housewife, finds herself increasingly compelled to consume dangerous objects. As her husband and his family tighten their control over her life, she must confront the dark secret behind her new obsession. That's uh, pretty well summed up, actually. It does sum it up. <laughs> so I don't want to get spoilers on this film. It's definitely a film that I recommend everyone checks out. I think it's exquisitely well made. Like, I think it's very beautifully shot. It's got a wonderful pace to it. I think the lead actress, Haley Bennett, is honestly quite remarkable i think her journey through the film is just kind of florence Pugh levels like lady Macbeth kind of levels she's really fucking good the first time i watched it i was like i really love that everyone had been telling me it would be my favorite film of sidious and of the year my only sort of critical problem with it is like the family that she's married into are a little bit too cartoonish for me and we had conversations with people validating of oh no but they need to be not sympathetic i don't agree i think every character should always be sympathetic obviously there's always an exception somewhere but for the most part and i would have liked it more if i understood both sides and then my only other problem with it i don't want to say because it's a spoiler but the way the movie ends up going is a way that for me was less interesting than where i hoped it was going in terms of i kind of wanted less explained mm-hmm. but that's because i like to leave and talk about a movie and go like for me it was more interesting thinking of her as anybody whereas the film definitely ends with a resolution of no she's had a very particular set of circumstances that mm-hmm. have led her to this point in her life which is crystal clear by the end okay that's what carla wanted to discuss and i think he does that 
very, very well. I think he makes the film he wants to make incredibly well with only a couple of minor flaws here and there. However, I would have been slightly more interested in a slightly different film. I can still respect this film for what it is. But yeah, the first time I saw it, it did hurt me a little bit because like, oh, I thought this was going to go a certain way and I was going to be really excited, like three colors blue excited, you know. And instead I came out, I was like, okay, it's actually all there. There's very little to discuss. Paul started the film by saying you're all going to want a moment afterwards to talk about this film. I don't know that there is much to talk about other than whether you liked it or not. Because he, Carlo writes such a good fucking script, it's all there. Like it's all like ties in in a beautiful way. Mm -hmm. All the information's packaged nicely. I would have liked some things strewn about a little bit so that we had a little bit more yeah, to chat about. That said, though, the, the last couple of scenes, I think, are phenomenal. Like the second to last scene, which definitely won't spoil, I think is a masterclass in acting on both sides. Mm -hmm. And then the going into end credit scene is, is wonderful, like a really smart way to kind of get your message across. What yeah, you? I don't really disagree with any of that. I think, and this might be slightly spoilery, but I think I was impacted slightly negatively by it because of the expectation. And again, I think because it was at Fright Fest, the sort of start of the last half of the day, into that sort of late afternoon, early, like Saturday nights kicking off, I was expecting something slightly different. Again, something slightly more horrific. And I think... Again, because at the at the start, the introduction was like, well, you'll need some time after the credits. I was thinking, okay, this is going to kick off. This is going to get fucked up. Something crazy is going to happen. And it's such a slow movie that I kept thinking that this is like a volcano that's going to go off. This is building, 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 building. It's got a simmering tension to it as this woman kind of you know goes through this sort of crisis. And I, I, I think that by, by the end of it then... I was a bit like, well, okay, well, so why, why was this a front But a really good movie. I kind of agree with what you're saying. I really enjoyed it. I uh, thought it was brilliantly made. Just wasn't quite what I was expecting. Yeah, no, I can appreciate that. And I do even think when I've seen these films at genre festivals, because you're talking about quite a dark psychosis going on with the character that it does feed into that but it's something that i think fright fest has just placed itself in a bit of a pigeonhole where they do tend to do more horror horror yeah um, or science fiction but science i think fiction. i suppose like it, the movie is if you go in not knowing really anything about the film the way it's made feels like anything could happen you don't really know where the story's going it's quite yeah. strange yeah the way it goes and you, you it could sort of twist off and spiral into different directions and i didn't didn't see where it was going even right until the end really uh, I wasn't entirely sure where we were going with it, which keeps it interesting, exciting to watch. Yeah. Really exciting is not the right word because it's very slow, but you know what I mean. <laughs> I do know what you mean. Yeah. I do know what you mean. Um, Compelling. That's, so yeah. better. That's a better term. Yeah. So just be clear then, you really liked it. I, I loved did. it, but the only contiguous thing was should it be there at Friday? Yeah, like I, I preferred We Summon the Darkness. I think this is a much better movie than We Summon the Darkness. Right. But I preferred We Summon the Darkness. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Because they had a conversation about Metallica's ex-bassist. Finally swallow. I've had managed to fit in that conversation. <laughs> Next up, we had Trick. Now, this is a film I was looking forward to because the poster is pretty cool. It's starring Omar Epps, Jamie Kennedy, who... Oh, I, had oh, Jamie I Kennedy. had forgotten about this movie. And Tom Atkins. Wow. Uh, it's directed by Patrick Lucia. This is the guy who directed the My Bloody Valentine remake, which was, you know, silly, glossy fun. And he directed Drive Angry, which was also silly, glossy fun. So this was one where I was like, okay... This is going to be... Silly, glossy fun. Silly, glossy fun. And this, it was certainly silly. 5.1 out of 10 at the moment. Yeah. And that's a little bit too generous. A no-nonsense detective tries to track down a mass murderer named Trick, who is terrorizing a small town. I like the a no-nonsense detective. <laughs> Are there any other types of detectives? <laughs> a meek detective. Mm -hmm. Doesn't play by the rules. Oh, this movie. This So, like, for starters... Patrick Lucia, mate. I mean, I don't, 
I don't know what was going on with those other films because at least with this one, I thought, well, this is a guy who knows how to direct, if nothing else. I like I had completely forgotten about this until like five minutes ago when I looked at. I was like, which one was Trick? Tri- which one? Was Nearly every shot of this was like they put the cameraman on one of those. You know those white things where they like jiggle you to like jiggle the fat off you or whatever. Uh-huh. So like, they put the cameraman on one of those, and then the director shouted a direction at the cameraman, and then someone else, like the AD, at the last second, had said something else, and then the cameraman's just like, oh, what? Which way do I face? Like it was so haphazardly shot. It gave me a bit of a migraine, to be honest. And then the whole film, the closest thing I've seen is Crimson Rivers 2 <laughs> to this movie. And this is no fucking Crimson Rivers 2. See, I, I remember hating this film, but I can't even really remember why. You know, I, I mean, it was crap. It was real shit. Like, but I can't even remember the specifics. I think I've, my brain has just tried to erase it from my experience. Of ever had. Like, I, I remember there was a bit where there's a cool death where somebody gets... There's a tombstone goes through a car window and smashes somebody's face in. That's or something. it. That's the only that good bit. That was pretty cool. But other than that, it was just a total mess. Absolute mess. Yeah. Absolute. And you see the killer throughout the whole film. Because you think at the beginning you're in the lead in, and then it's going to cut to, okay, this many years later, we've got the setup. No, most of the film is just like, oh, this happened this year. And then we skip till next year, and then this happens. Oh, yeah, and then three right, years yeah. later, we skip, and then this happened. And then five years later, this happens. And it's like, and then sooner or later, you realize, oh, this is the movie. <laughs> And it's just really bad. It was pretty shit, yeah. Really bad. I don't think we should spend any more time talking about Let's Trick. Let's move on with our lives. Right. Sorry, Trick. <sighs> I'm not. Finishing Halloween Pride Fest was Scare Package, a movie that I was frightened of because I hate horror anthologies. I mean, I just hate anthologies. But this one has a cool poster, don't they all? What's the best anthology movie? I was thinking this recently. I actually- Is it a horror? Because the horror genre seems to lend itself. It does. But is that true? Would you say the best anthology movie is a horror movie? Horror anthologies? I'm trying to think of other anthology movies Creepshow? I mean, that's horror. Yeah. Uh, what about the uh, I Love New York or I Love like the oh, Paris, yeah. Tell, Paris or whatever? Yeah. They're anthologies, right? They're anthologies. That's a good call. Yeah. I was actually thinking for the, for the horror series that we do at one point, we might just do all the anthology horrors just to make me really cry. Oh, VHS. The yeah. original VHS was really good. No, no, look, there are some, there are bits in them. I just don't generally like anthology movies. Um, even when people love them, like people love, like Trick or Treat is people's, are people's favorite. And that's mm. a weird one because there isn't a wraparound. It's like, it all just takes place in the same world kind of thing. But yeah, I remember when we saw Trick or Treat at Fry Fest, I enjoyed it, but I didn't love it. Mm. I was like, that was fine. The problem I find with anthology movies is it's one of those ones where you're constantly aware of how long is gone and how long is to come. Like, because you could be, you know, you know, there's going to be six or seven of them, or even you don't, and you get you get through through three, four sections, and you're already like two hours in. It's like, okay, well, like, yeah, I don't know how much stomach I have for any more of this stuff, you know. And you have to kind of start all over again, and every time the the next story starts, and it's like a, it's like yeah, uh, they're always too long. A Christmas Horror Story had a fantastic ending that validated most of the anthology. Do you remember that one? No. Okay. Do we'll not. talk about that one off mic. But that was a really great ending where I was like, okay, that's fucking fantastic. But I was bored for so much before that. Mm. <laughs> you know? Now, sorry, I'm Googling now best anthology Doesn't movies. And all that comes up is horror anthology all the yeah. time. See, it's yeah, like, it is. It's hard. It's hard. It's like, it's up to, yeah. We should do more non-horror anthology. Mm. Anyway, so what are we talking about? Oh, yeah, We're talking scare about scare package. package. I, yeah, I thought this was pretty strong, actually. Again, it suffered from being the last movie of the day and being a bit too long. But the first, like a couple this, of the ones, especially at the beginning, were excellent, I thought. This one has the highest score. We've done 7.2 out of 10. 
That's the highest score of the day. Right. Which, yeah, which is like one hour, 43 minutes. Way too fucking but long. But that's like one hour, 43 minutes is nothing really. But for a horror film anyway, it's like you want to aim for 90 minutes most mm. of the time or under. For an anthology, fuck yeah. Cut that down. The 20 minutes of this could have been gone. And that was my big problem. So here's the thing. I fucking loved this movie up to a point. It was just yeah. way too long. Like for that first half, I was having a ball and I yeah. couldn't believe it because- Horror comedy is so hard to nail and so particular, and I'm really particular with my comedy. But it was hitting really well for me, and I was enjoying it throughout. So the freaking the two melded like people. That was just fucking fantastic. Like, yeah. I was applauding. Like this was exactly what I wanted at the end of a fright fest night. And then it just like it hits one, which turns out it was made by some friends of ours or friends of friends of ours. Which again, it's like I thought it was fine. I liked the way it was directed, but it just didn't fit into the package and it slowed things down. It wasn't done with the same sort of humor. Mm. And then it started to drag and then it came back up again at the end. But the last section was just way too long. And by mm. that point, I was just like, just cut 20 minutes out of this. Yeah. And it's honestly a near perfect little i think one of the weakest parts of it actually was the wraparound part like the the video store story it was great at the beginning but they just Mm. kept going to it again and again and again i didn't think that was strong enough to kind of tie it all together and then at the end when that turns into a 20 minute short film itself yeah that was uh, too much i sort of started to check out but then again this is the last movie of a fright fest day the sixth movie of the day is always gonna struggle i think with that yeah kind of the tired the the audience getting a bit tired and it was the right one to pick for end though this is the one for the end yeah i genuinely when it comes out digital i'm probably going to cut some bits out so i have my own little version of scare package (laughs) because i I really really enjoyed this a lot and it's one of my favorite horror anthologies i've probably ever seen to be honest which again isn't saying much i hate horror anthology yeah but i definitely would recommend it to people i just found a list of great anthology movies that aren't horror oh yeah and they include stuff like sin city no Oh, actually, Sin City technically counts, doesn't it? I feel for me, anthology needs to be a different director for each segment. True. Okay. Yeah. For me, I don't know. But yeah, they got Parachute Them, Cloud Atlas. I haven't seen Cloud Atlas. Yeah, I don't know about that. Everything you always wanted to know about sex, but were afraid to ask. Mm, That's just a number of skits. It's just a a website that I go to quite regularly. Never be afraid to ask, Tom. <laughs> there are no bad questions. Babel. Or Babel, sorry. Oh. Babel. Do you say Babel? Babel. The, yeah. oh, the, the, the Brad Pitt movie? Yeah. These aren't hard. Somebody's... No, just like Magnolia is going to be on this fucking list, aren't it? That's yeah. not anthology. If Magnolia is an anthology movie, then it is the best anthology movie ever. It's an ensemble movie. There's yeah, a difference right. between ensemble and... Anyway. No, In terms of... No, this is what we're doing now. <laughs> no, that's, this is boring. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Scar Pack is a good way to end the end the festival. Yeah, it was it, it could only be the last movie. It suffered from being a bit too long, but thoroughly enjoyable. Again, with, imagine the crowd had it been more into that. It would have oh, been a real blast. Yeah. You know? There were moments, but for the most part, people were just like checked yeah. out. Yeah. And that was a real shame. Yeah, they got fucking Pulp Fiction down here. <laughs> Best <laughs> anthology right and Yeah, so okay, so for me personally, I think you've kind of sort of accidentally done your list anyway, but for me, Swallow is definitely my favorite film. Again, like I criticize it a lot just because I love it so much, which I'm going to tend to criticize more when I really love something because I will notice the problems. Mm-hmm. Swallow is my favorite, then actually Scare Package, then We Summon the Darkness, then Uncanny Annie, then Trick Just, but it was a big battle between is it Trick or Candy Corn because they're both terrible for very different reasons. But to be clear, like, I have three films there that I would recommend to people and then three that I would say just avoid. Yeah. 
Yeah, I would agree with that for the most part. I think if you're having like a Halloween-y kind of horror movie night in, then definitely Scare Package, We Summon the Darkness. I would say maybe Uncanny Annie is a solid three movie crap sort of horror. There's not so crap much else you like, can watch though. Yeah, I guess. But you know, if, if you're up in your horror and you've kind of watched everything and you know, you've then seen- Then go outside. <laughs> Have a drink just, with a friend. Just watch the babysitter again. Just watch the babysitter every day, guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's the fucking best. Um, <laughs> what else? Well, you, you, when you turned up, you said you'd seen some other stuff. You really enjoyed Dragged Across Concrete, you were saying? I watched Dragged Across Concrete yesterday, finally, because I've been meaning to see it for ages. And I thought it was awesome. I think the, what is the name of the director guy, the writer-director fella, who's also a novelist, the uh, S. Craig Zeller. He's done The Bone Tomahawk. Mm. and then the riot and cell block or whatever it's called yeah brawl and cell Brawl block. And, cell and now this is his third movie right across concrete i think he's properly three for three now i think this guy is one of my favorite co- yeah current directors i thought it, it, it's excellent it's two hours and 40 minutes it's a real long slow burn proper film like they don't make them like this anymore quiet long drawn out scenes really interesting characters and then you get this Kind of like his previous movies, just real jolting ultra-violence right. at times. Kind of like in Midsummer and Hereditary, that sort of style yeah. of tricking you into thinking everything's okay and then all of a sudden there'll be a jolt of just brutal violence that yep. just has is so much more effective because it comes amidst this sort of quiet calm. Yeah, I thought it was excellent really really good I, it's a it, you know it's funny when you tell people these days and a film is two hours 40 minutes i can imagine most people Fear are like comes into that. Bit, yeah, yeah like the attention spans are unless it's to be, end game including myself <laughs> true actually end game could be five hours and it'd still be too short so yeah what's that and uh find us all book smart which is also excellent i thought it was really really good yeah, I really, I was excited about Booksmart and I didn't get to see it when it came out in LA and Ali went to see it and fucking loved it. She went to see it with some friends who didn't enjoy it as much. She's like, what are you talking about? It's one of the best films of the year. And I was really excited about it and I got it finally when I came here digitally and I watched, I can't remember what it was. I watched some movie that was like, it was a swallow type movie, you know, like a real drama <laughs> piece that was just beautiful, but it like, it hit every note just right and it made your soul feel enriched, <laughs> you know, and you just felt like, oh, wow, I'm thinking about all the right things in my own life and this is so inspiring and wonderful. Mm. I was like, I want to watch another movie. And I was like, finally, I've got Booksmart unlocked. So I started watching it and those first five minutes came in and I think any other night I would have been like, I fucking love this. I'm in yep. it for the party atmosphere. Yep. And instead I was like, this is so obnoxious. Oh, <laughs> I can't yeah, watch this yeah, right I, I, you, like, you would so enjoy that. I, I'm so surprised to hear you say that. No, no. No, no, I'm sure I would. But again, just my brain was in that yeah. peaceful place. It is. It, it, it's and like, it was so fucking obnoxious American in those first five minutes. I was yeah. like, I can't do this right now. It's basically the female version of uh, Superbad, isn't it? Yeah. Essentially. Which, well, from what yeah. I know. Yeah. yeah. But no, I, yeah, I watched nearly three hours of Dragged Across Concrete and took a small break of like 15 minutes to gather myself. And then I put on Booksmart. So it was kind of perfect. So that's little. exactly what I wanted. A kind of really fun, silly, but endearing sort of teen comedy. I thought it was excellent. All right, I will definitely check it yeah. out. Crossman and Cinema, we saw Dark Fate together, Terminator movie. Mm-hmm. You liked it more than I did. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, I've, I remember when we went to see it, you said that it was getting mixed reviews. Or some people were being really positive about it. Yeah. From what I've seen since, it seems to be getting quite bad reviews. But I, I enjoyed it. It's definitely the best one since T2. But again, that's probably not saying a lot, really, is it? I mean, I agree, but only I think my problem was we went in and I said to you, all I want to know is what else do they have to say? That they haven't already said. And I came out going, nothing. They have nothing new to say whatsoever. And my problem with it is like on paper, sure, the dialogue's better. 
but the actual story is no better really than Genesis, which was, you know, everybody hates Genesis. And no, certainly no better than part three. I think part three actually has a better setup and story than this one. But the execution's good. Like it's Tim Miller, you know, and he's, he can direct action really fucking yeah. well. And you've got great actors here. Like Mackenzie Davis is fucking awesome always. Linda Hamilton was great to see her come back. The lead woman is like, she's fine. She's not that exciting. The lead bad guy, he's fine. Because what more, yeah, what more can you say about the Terminator franchise, right? Either they keep the current sort of storyline going. So all the Terminator movies have been connected to some extent, right? Yeah. But the problem then, like it just becomes more and more convoluted and ruins everything else. Yeah. But then you can't do a completely separate story of other Terminators because it's to do with the entire world. And because everything you do resets everything. That's the problem is like everything they do is, oh yeah, but because you did that, now this happened. It's like, okay, well then why should I care? It's hard to see how you can keep that going and not just make everything just so pointless and unnecessary. I agree. But having said that, I did think this was cool. I had some interest and new twists on it. I would watch it again. Like I thought it was a disposable fun movie. Like I didn't think it was incredible or anything. I just thought it was, this is a fun movie. That's totally fine. But a bigger disappointment for me, which you haven't seen yet, so we won't get into it, is Doctor Sleep. Uh, <laughs> which I'm only bringing up for Justin Law in case he's listening because he fucking loved that movie. And everybody on my Twitter feed loves that movie. And all I can take is, and quite honestly, because I've said it, I'm not, I grew up reading a lot of Stephen King. I used to be a Stephen King fan. I had problems with it as a kid. The older I get, the more I realize I fucking hate Stephen King. Like, I love the broad idea of Stephen King and his broad ideas. Stephen King and the details, I think it's trash. Like, honestly, like I tried to read some of his books recently. I'm like, this is just really bad. But the idea is great. So, yeah, I can only imagine. I haven't read the book. I can only imagine Dr. Sleep adheres pretty closely to the book from what I've heard. I can only imagine I would hate the book because I have friends that I know who feel the same way as I do about Stephen King. I'm like, yeah, that book's really bad. So, if you like the books and you like those things, then sure, maybe you like Dr. Sleep. I was more of a fan of Kubrick Shining. I appreciate for King fans, that's not The Shining. Because it's not, he fucked it and did his own thing with it. But yeah, for me, he elevated it and made it into something more interesting. Doctor Sleep is a fucking Twilight X-Men wannabe movie. And I really don't like it. Sounds awesome. Where where can I sign up to watch this? Again, like, no, but this is the thing. If I just went into it and it's just a film called Doctor Sleep and had nothing to do with The Shining whatsoever. And they stripped all the Shining stuff out of it. I would probably come out of it feeling not as warm as Dark Fate, but kind of like, yeah, that was totally fine. Mm-hmm. You know, it's totally fine. The baddies in it, I think, are freaking terrible. Like, just so cheesy and really just irresponsibly. Like, it's it's all about these, like, carnival gypsies and, like, the witchy things they do. And the way they represent them is just ridiculous. And they're meant to... I don't want to spoil anything for you. Well, I'm definitely going to see it now <laughs> after this after this review. I have to see it for myself. You're going to love it now because I well, shit talked it so much. Yeah, and you should go watch Monos. M-O- oh man, I really M-O-N-O-S, want to see Monos. which is a film by a fella called Alejandro Landis, and it is on a faraway mountaintop. Eight teenage gorillas with guns watch over a hostage and a conscripted milk cow. Playing games and initiating cult-like rituals, the children run amok in the jungle and disaster strikes when dot, 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 dot. So, yes, my child soldiers up a mountain in, I think, it never really says, but I think it's in Colombia. Uh, it's a Spanish language movie, I think, set in Colombia, I think. And it's really, really interesting, really worth watching. You can't really, you don't really say, want to say too much more about it, but it, people are comparing it to kind of Apocalypse Now and it's sort of skill and it's... Yeah ambition and it's drama and it's set in, up at this mountaintop and then in the jungle and it has a real style and a sense of place and it's got real heft to it. It's very good. I'm very excited about it. Yeah, check it out. Yeah, I might go see it tomorrow. 
All right. We're going to do another one of these podcasts actually in just a couple of days time, which is more video game related. And that's going to be me and Alex. I might do another one actually with Lee separately. So you might get a load of little just mini episodes of me talking one-on-one with people. Hopefully going to get Katie and we want to talk about Death Stranding because Katie and Alex have played a whole bunch. I played a whole bunch. Going to try and talk about those other video games. What the fuck were they? What am I playing? Jedi Fallen Order. I've nearly completed that. I'm going to be talking about Luigi's Mansion a little bit. Going to be talking about the Outer Worlds a little bit. And hopefully we'll record after Shenmue 3 comes out, which comes out tomorrow. Oh my God. I'm excited for me for some Shenmue. Yeah. So expect some more little mini episodes and then come back on Friday for whatever horror episode. I think uh, it'll be the first one we're watching tonight, which is The Prowler. Cool. Come no, with. The Burning. Oh, the prowl well, after that. Right. It's going to be. It's going <laughs> so to be you good. will wait. It's going to be good times. Uh, I'm intrigued, Tom, in how you feel about it. Maybe you have to let me know so I can bring it up on the podcast. Sweet. All right. Sounds good. We'll be back then. Until then, we're out. Bye bye. Some food. <laughs>